Welcome to the first ever episode of the How I Got Here, or Hi Podcast. I'm Dylan Terrio. And I'm Anuj Shah. And we're your hosts. We'd like to start off with some quick introductions about ourselves, and then we'll dive into why we started this podcast, and then we can get the first episode going. So yeah, uh, I can go first for the introductions. Again, hi, I'm Dylan, and I'm an incoming new grad software engineer at Netflix. I've previously done software engineering internships with HCSS, Chick-fil-A, Twitch, and Software.com. I'm also an 8VC fellow, so I have a little bit of experience in the VC slash startup world. Hi, I'm Anuj, and I'm an incoming new grad software engineer at Google. I've previously done software engineering internships with Google, Lyft, and Eden Corporation. The reason we wanted to start this podcast was to shed light on the stories of those in tech and how they got to where they are. In particular, at least for this first season, we'll be focusing on new grads out of college and their journeys that helped them land roles at companies like Fang. We hope that the stories can help guide others as they pave their own path into the tech world. All right, let's get started. Anuj and I are excited to introduce our first guest ever, Jonathan Zatoun. He's actually Anuj and I's other roommate, and he's an incoming new grad software engineer at Google. Jonathan, thanks for coming on to the show. We're happy to have you. Hey, Dylan and Anuj. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to be on the first episode of the Hive podcast. Let me just say, great name, great idea, and um, yeah, I'm excited and looking forward to it. Oh, thank you. That's actually really high praise coming from you, so I, I do appreciate that. Uh, really, we wanted to start this podcast just so we could kind of hear about your experience. Like, we think you in particular uh, have a really unique background coming into the software engineering world, and we'd love to hear more about that. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so uh, where should I start off here? Yeah, so we can just start off with a quick intro about yourself, um, your interests, maybe where you kind of worked at in the past and where, you're, where you will be working. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. So... Um, yeah, again, my name is Jonathan Satoon. I'm currently a senior interdisciplinary engineering major at Texas A&M University, uh, based in College Station. Um, originally from Plano, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, um, has recently grown quite a bit in the past few years. And um, I wanted to kind of get into my, my original start to tech started with my interest in mobile development. So in kind of Early to mid high school, I started getting involved in some uh, Swift iOS development. I took a course with a guy named Paul Solt. Um, I thought that was a really interesting course. He was a great communicator and kind of uh, inspiring in that sense. So I kind of got a good grip of um, some basic iOS fundamentals there, and that kind of grew my interest. Grew my interest in CS knowledge from there. So I eventually applied, got into Texas A and M, and um, the way Texas A&M works is that um, you get into a general engineering your first year of college. So I was a general engineer my first year. And what you do is at the end of your first year, you apply to become specialized in a certain field. So I decided, you know, okay, I'm going to go ahead and apply to be in computer science because that was my um, interest in that sense. Um, little did I know I wasn't going to make it. Um, and I eventually found myself on a route of how to pursue computer science without um, a, com a traditional computer science degree. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of background about me and uh, my journey. Yeah, I actually find that really interesting. So when you didn't get into computer science, why did you think interdisciplinary engineering would be the way to go? Right, so 
actually when I first um, got initially rejected from computer science, my next choice was mechanical engineering. Um, so I talked to a bunch of different mechanical engineering majors, um, kind of their career path that they were currently on, if they were sophomores or juniors, and then some uh, seniors and where they were looking to head out. Um, and that wasn't really what I wanted to do, what I wanted to pursue. Um, in high school, I did have a bit of mechanical engineering knowledge. I did some, uh, you know, CAD design, Autodesk, SolidWorks for um, a robotics organization I was in, which is called First Robotics. Um, we did FRC competitions, so that was really fun there. Um, and I liked working on kind of the mechanical side there. Um, but that didn't really translate over, I would say, to um, the, the real mechanical engineering major um, and my interests there. Um, I still had an interest for kind of software development. That's kind of where I wanted to, to go and, and grow myself there. Um, so as I was shopping around for some um, other majors, I, I decided to take a, a second crack at applying for a CS, right? So I was like, oh, okay, I'll raise my GPA a good bit, um, you know, take a good amount of CS classes, CS hours, and potentially show that, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, and um, what ended up happening, I, I did pretty, you know, pretty good in, in those courses that next semester. Um, keep in mind that I was technically a mechanical engineering major at the time, but I wasn't taking any mechanical classes. So I went ahead and, you know, took the gamble that I would be um, a CS major in the coming semester. Um, so uh, next semester comes around, I talk to some advisors and they say, um, okay, yeah, we think you have a good shot. I actually ended up the previous semester taking on an internship. So I thought that would also help my odds. Applied again, wrote my essays. Um, and a few weeks later, got a little um, casual email in my inbox that I did not, in fact, get um, the engineering major or CS major that I wanted. Um, and that left a lot um, of work um, to be figured out because I was taking all of these CS classes that um, I would would have hoped to be applied to my degree. And then questions came up with, you know, am I going to graduate late? Uh, where do I turn to next? And I was just shopping around on the, uh, you know, A&M, Texas A&M Engineering website, their majors. And I see this major pop up that they, they marked as kind of like new and upcoming, um, which was the interdisciplinary engineering uh, major. Um, and that's under the multidisciplinary engineering department at Texas A&M that they just had recently established the year prior. Um, and something that I, that wasn't an option um, when I was just applying to A&M. So I took a look at their website, uh, scheduled an advising meeting pretty much the next day with one of their advisors to really understand what, what was this that they were offering. And it was kind of um, the way I like to describe it. It's a, it's a make your own engineering major. Um, you pick a couple different disciplines, as the name applies, um, and you can say you kind of like defend what you want to do within um, engineering by selecting those disciplines. You explain um, why this combination of disciplines um, would help you um, achieve what you want to become, and then um, they basically either uh, check you off or say, you know, that's not exactly what we're what we're hoping you to do. Why don't you take um, X, Y, and Z classes instead. Um, so it's, it's basically like you select the classes that you want, um, you uh, hit the requirements that they need, and then they either approve or uh, deny you. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I turned to and eventually got involved with. So my understanding here is that you got rejected twice from CS, 
and then you got put in some sort of brand new program and yet you still ended up becoming you know obviously you're going to google next year right like like how did it feel when you get rejected and do you think that sort of helped motivate you even more to do computer science yeah i, I think i think there's definitely a, a mix there of, of motivation and um um you know and why like what do i need specifically from college if that makes sense sometimes a lot of people ask you know do you need a computer science degree per se and i guess my case could argue um on on both sides perhaps right um so after after i took a bunch of like a lot of people would say the course yes fundamentals like um uh, the discrete structures data data structures um and that sort of stuff um and was was still denied it's kind of a question of okay i have i have my first internship under under my belt here um and arguably that's the the hardest to get first right um and once you have that you can kind of just prove yourself during the uh interviews by studying up right uh, getting the interview is the hardest part um and to get the interview you need some experience so it's kind of like a, a never-ending cycle in some cases um people argue right so um when yeah. when yeah Go for it. I, I was gonna say real quick that i, I think that's a, a really important point that you pointed out uh like you need to get that first interview and a lot of times people kind of get stuck in this circle of, hey, I, I can't get this interview, so I can't get experience, so I can't get experience to get another interview, right? Obviously, in high school, you mentioned that you did programming, and then somehow, uh, congratulations, by the way, you seem to have gotten an internship your freshman year, even when you weren't considered an ACS major, which is insane. You know, what do you think, like, how did you get that first internship, given the fact that clearly A&M didn't think you'd be a good CS major, but obviously the company you worked for did. So what happened there? For sure. And I, I think one thing I'd like to clarify on um, the decision to deny me, I think, you know, all things considered, I think it was justified. Um, and let me explain my, my view here. I think there's no better system, um, at least right now, unless they want to holistically review thousands of people, which um, it already takes a while. Um, they say that they do review um, holistically and see your resume, but um, there is a GPA cutoff, so you know it is merit based in the same in the sense of which grade you get. Um, so the GPA cutoff for my year was three point five, um, and it was pretty much known. Although I had you know some false hope, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, maybe they'll they'll look at look at me and consider me. Um, um, I, I was below that cutoff my freshman year. After my second semester, I had a three two, um, and after that, after I got rejected, I talked to some professors. They said only, I think it was three people under the 3.5 cutoff um, got into computer science. And they were like, you know, 3.48, things like that. But now the GPA cutoff is 3.75, um, much more competitive than before. Um, probably also due to the fact of the increased number of people applying. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's um, crazy how only three people below a 3.5 got into computer science. Um, but I know you applied again the year after that. Um, did they see your application any differently now that you had that Washington Post internship? Yeah, so with that Washington Post internship, it was a Java internship, um, software development. And, you know, I went up to the advisors. I said, hey, I have this internship under my belt. Um, do you think this could help my chances? And, I mean, I don't think they brushed it off, but you 
the the advisor was pretty uh, clear in their intent. You know, they were they were very straightforward. You know, this is a competitive major. Um, there's going to be thousands of students applying with better GPAs, and I think right now the way the system works is that they're very focused on um, their merit-based system and the merit that they calculate on is based on your grades from A and M, and I guess that's how they focus on an indication of uh, success because. Um, I guess the function of the university in this case is making sure that students graduate um, within a timely manner and um, have successful CS outlook and CS careers, right? Um, and I guess their best indication of that is high grades in their classes. Um, and uh, high, high grades in their classes probably equate to better uh, performance interviews and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think I think in that sense, their, their system is justified. Um, but if we want to go back to uh, Dylan's question, what was that again? Yeah, it was essentially just like, how did you get your first internship? Obviously, right, with all of these difficulties, even just school-wise. I mean, a 3-2, you know, as a freshman, and yet you still got an internship? Like, that's crazy. I think people would really love to hear, like, how that came about. For sure, yeah. So I think I adopted this mindset of, okay, you know, I'm not going to have the best grades. Um throughout my college career. So so how how do I get these internships? Um, and even before I was applying to be a, a CS major my first year, like while I was a general engineer, um, I liked I liked exploring, uh, you know, upcoming technologies and, you know, making some apps here and there. I wasn't like gung ho about it, like always, you know, looking for the next thing. But, you know, some things, if some, some new technologies popped up on um, my feeds here and there, I would go and try it out and, you know, maybe uh, do some YouTube tutorials as well. Um, I, I really enjoy following YouTube tutorials, um, especially if it's a new technology. I just want to spend an hour trying it out and seeing how it works. Uh, that's something I'll do. So I kind of got into this mindset as of, you know, I'm not going to have uh, the best GPA. I may not have the CS major in my title. I don't know what a, what exactly my title is going to be or if I'm going to be at Texas A&M in the future. Um, so what do I do at this point? Um, and I decided that my next step was, you know, to take matters into my own hands. And if I can't get real world experience easily, um, why don't I just make my own projects uh, and make some interesting projects that I can then talk about to other engineers and potentially get an interview that way instead, put it on my resume eventually, you know? Um, so my, my first, you know, kind of, uh, big, um, big project that I spent a lot of time on my freshman year um, was with a technology that is actually pretty popular today uh, called Flutter. Um, and Flutter is basically a cross-platform mobile app development um, framework um, that allows you to, with one single code ba base, deploy to both iOS and Android, which was very applicable to me because um, prior in high school, I did a lot of um, Swift iOS development. So I kind of knew the roots of iOS development there. And um, with that, you kind of get some knowledge in uh, Android development as well. Um, but I, I hadn't done native Android development, so it would be cool to also be able to deploy on Android without writing the uh, code in that sense too. So um, for so this was pretty much four years ago now, a little bit more, or yeah, a little bit less. And um, with that technology, it was very very new there, so it required a, a lot of uh, a lot of um, development and work um, to create, you know, a sample project. And I eventually decided um, to create an app for um, my university. And what I noticed is that 
the university, they have their own app. But um, within their app, if you want to look up the buses, when you click the bus icon, it basically takes you to a web page within it. So it's like a web view within the app. So it's not really, you know, a native or um, an actual tailored app for the phone. It just takes you to the web page and it works, but it's not a great user experience. So I was like, you know, if I could make something that's a little bit, you know, less bad, a little bit less shitty, um, why don't I go for that and see where it takes me? So I use the framework and um, it took me it took me a little bit to create, you know, version one. It was about uh, two or three months. Um, and I created a, a, a Flutter app that allowed you to view the live bus locations, their bus stops and times um, on your phone. And it was deployed to both iOS and Android at the time. Now, it was a very, very bare bones uh, app in both the UI and functionality. Did not look great at all. Um, but it was kind of uh, the first step into making, you know, a public profile that I could kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, advertise to people of, of my work there. And, you know, it's, it's a great talking point in interviews. They can go and look up um, my app on the App Store, download it in a couple of seconds, test it out and see, you know, what my, my capabilities are in a sense, rather than having uh, the CS degree on my resume. Um, so that's kind of how I built up my profile, um, as well as a couple other side apps. Um, and then through a friend and a friend who works at the Washington Post on the kind of marketing side, they knew the uh, engineering manager there, um, eventually passed my resume off to them. They didn't really have an into like a, a headline, like internship program that they advertised. It was just kind of, um, they got a, a few people, um, here and there. So I think the, there's like around only 10 engineering interns there at the time um and um yeah eventually they called me had a little talk talked about my app how i worked through it um and i got a position as an android intern on the team there wait wait i, I actually didn't I, I did not know this so you're telling me that your interview like for the washington post was them like just walking like they asked you to walk through your bus app that you had made so it was it was a very laid back interview it was uh so since their uh, code base is all in Java. He asked me some basic Java uh, question, you know, some abstraction questions. Um, and then he asked me if I had any experience in mobile development. So, you know, I talked about my experience in iOS. I was truthful in saying that I never done Android development, but, you know, I was open to it. Um, and I talked about my app as well and um, talked about me getting involved with Flutter. They said the the engineer I talked to, which ended up actually being my a mentor once I get, got there. Um, he said he heard about it and was actually also excited about that um, and would be interested in potentially um, integrating that into their future apps as well. So um, it was it was a kind of a, I think the key to these kinds of interviews is um, making sure you, you mesh well with the interviewer and making good conversation, um, especially if you don't like hit all their points that they want. I'm sure they were, were looking for a computer science major and, and things like that. But, um, you know, as long as you show your worth, that's kind of what I was aiming for. Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty crazy to hear, right? Like, you're, you're not a CS major. You've, you got a 3.2 GPA. And with a little bit of hard work and some luck, like, you ended up at, I mean, I would say the Washington Post is a pretty well-known company, you know, doing experience in Android, which you had never even done before. Um, and, and they knew you were a freshman, right? Like you, you told them that? Yeah. Yeah. They, they knew I was a freshman. You know, it was, it was, a 
it was a an interesting problem that I, I could I could say that I'm, I'm more experienced or I'm a, a junior. I know some people some people go that way, um, and some companies don't care, right? But um, I, I I don't think that was the right sense to go in my in my case. Um, I wanted to just state my case and see where it went. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, funny story. So my um, kind of my upper the overall there's an overall um, mobile development manager. Um, like there's an Android head manager and then the iOS head manager there. Um, the overall head manager there, um, Jeff Bezos would actually call him from time to time, um, report directly. <laughs> Damn, to him. So Jeff Bezos. Actually, yes, wow, the no. the man Jeff. Yeah. So actually, one day he came out, and uh, he he came out. He says, "I just got a call from Jeff," and um, yeah, there's <laughs> first name basis. Yeah, yeah. First thing, I just got a call from Jeff. He was, he was talking to the iOS team, and he's like, "Guys, there's a problem. He, he found a bug in the app, guys. Like the Washington Post mobile app." <laughs> oh my that, gosh! That Jeff no. Yeah, and then he's like, "We need this fixed, like as soon as possible." So I, I thought that was really funny. Like I was on the Android team, you know, chilling. So so nothing nothing bad is happening there. But I thought that was very interesting, especially my first time in corporate. And you're like, this is the this like you know the owner of the Washington Post just randomly call up my manager, and tell them that there's a problem with the app. You know, is this a regular thing that happens? But no. But they're like they're very like the people there were very nice. They're very 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 professional and passionate about their work. You know, I'm sure it was, it was just a fluke. It never happened again. But I found that pretty interesting. So I guess you could say I'm I'm two degrees away from Jeff Bezos, which which makes me three degrees away from Jeff Bezos. So you know we're <laughs> yeah. we're, we're kind of winning at life here, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess I most agree. people don't actually know that 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 Bezos owns Washington Post. Yes, I think he uh, he acquired it um, a couple of years before I interned there. So probably like in 2016, 2015. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it sounded like one of his uh, pet projects. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was it was a, a really interesting experience. Um, great people, um, and yeah. Yeah, you stuff. you mentioned too that your team was interested in Flutter, and I promise this will make sense in a second. But like before you left, did they ever end up implementing Flutter? So actually, interestingly, we we had um, towards the end of the internship. Um, this was in summer twenty nineteen. Um, uh, they did what they called like a internship hackathon. I think it's pretty common within most um, internships that um, you know Google or, or Twitter. They usually do kind of like an intern hackathon, but for us it was on a much smaller scale since it was ten people. And then at the end of it, the overall engineering director of the company would come and we'd present to them. And my project that I decided to do is implement um, a standalone Flutter app. Um, and I ended up doing something to do with elections, um, some interesting features that I, I thought could be cool, um, and presented that. But at the same time, I was, I was like, you know, is there, they asked me, is there any way to perhaps um, with the native Android app that they have, you know, that already has all the Java and Kotlin built out, can you add Flutter to that? Can you make, you know, a Flutter page that, that goes from, you know, when you click on a native Android page, that goes to a Flutter-based page. And that's something else that I explored for that hackathon. And um, I came up with a, a, a solution there. There's a little guidebook on uh, the Flutter website, very new again, um, and very, very difficult for me to ha wrap my mind around when, when working on um, 
their their code base, which was very complex. I've never seen something like that um, before. You know, my first introduction to kind of corporate code bases. Um, and yeah, I was able to kind of make a, a page that went from their existing, um, you know, stock Washington Post Android app. You'd click one of the uh, navigation buttons, and then I would show them, you know, this is a Flutter page now, and and showed some uh, different widgets and things like that. Um, so yeah, I showed kind of both sides there, and they were pretty interested in that sense. Um, I don't think they they have they they ended up actually using any Flutter in the future, or maybe not that I know of. Um, but yeah, that's, I was just kind of proving the technology there. No, no, that's crazy. And, uh, there's two things I want to point out there. First, for anyone listening, um, Flutter actually came out and I just looked it up in May of 2017 and correct me if I'm wrong, your internship was 2019 summer, right? So you were working with a, fr- yeah, you were working with a framework that had been out for like a year and a half, basically you like, you were if they are using Flutter, I bet you could point at yourself and be like, you pioneered Flutter at the Washington Post. Um, For sure, yeah. I think it was still in beta, too. So it was, it was very new. Lots of, like, errors coming up that I had no idea what, what was going on. So, um, yeah, very interesting time. The, the other thing I wanted to bring up about that and why I pointed it out was my time at Chick-fil-A, which I was a software engineer for them in the summer of 2020. Uh, I also knew Flutter, and so I told them about this, and I worked on a mobile team there. And so they actually asked me to give them like a demo of Flutter. And so I built an app for them in Flutter. And then I like taught my team there the same thing because they were interested in bringing Flutter to Chick-fil-A. So basically, apparently Flutter is a great thing to get into. And you knew that five years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, it was actually back in high school that one of my, like my senior year, my, one of my friends, he goes to um, UT Austin now. He was like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called Flutter? And like, I, I graduated in 2018, so he was just on top of it. And I was like, no, not really. He's like, yeah, you should check that out. And then, you know, little did I know, not too long, not too far after that, I did. And um, I got pretty interested into it. Um, but yeah, my, my main work at, at the Washington Post wasn't centered around Flutter or anything. I was actually working on, um, if you know, on like the YouTube app, especially Android right now, they have a picture-in-picture functionality or for a lot of different apps like Twitter, once you start watching a video, you can take it down into a, like a smaller screen. Um, so that's kind of my, was my main implementation for their um, two kind of headline apps. And um, I checked pretty recently, a couple months ago on the, uh, on a random Android phone I had, I updated it and my, my functionality still looks exactly the same. So <laughs> I guess it's still going. I'm sure they did some updates, but yeah, it, lo- it's, it looks very similar. So there you have it, everyone. Go download the Washington Post app. Go check that little picture-in-picture functionality. And if you find any bugs, send it to Jonathan. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, maybe I'll forward it to my team. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so yeah, that was, a, that was a great overview, I think, of really your first internship, how you got it, and then, like, what you actually did there. Um, could you go ahead and give everyone listening, like, an overview of what else you've done since then, at least related to industry? Because I know you've worked a few more internships prior to getting to Google. Sure. Yeah. So a quick overview. Um, I've only done summer internships. I've never really worked during the school year, like um, pretty much from August to um, May. Um, And after that, the next summer I applied um, or not the next summer, the next year I started applying around and I applied and got into the American Express um, summer technology internship. I think that's what they call it. Um, and, um, this was supposed to be kind of a 10 week internship where 
um, we would go out to Phoenix, Arizona. And actually before this, before when we got the offer, they said they actually invite anyone who's gotten the offer. And even if you haven't accepted, they invite you out to their campus. So they flew us out to Phoenix, Arizona. I think this was in October or November um, of uh, 2019. And um, they said they showed us around the campus. They paid for a really nice hotel. Each person got their own hotel room in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It was right next to their campus. Um, they had a pretty nice van that um, drove us out there. Um, and they gave us kind of like an overview of the program and things like that. It looked very interesting. All our interns interns had fun. They showed us the program and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up accepting that. And you know, once COVID came around a couple months later, I was I was really hoping that they were gonna be in person. Like I was like, oh, you know, it it was like uh, April. I really had this false hope in my the same false hope that I had when I, I thought I was gonna get into CS like for the second time. I was like, you know, just maybe. Um, and then um, things started going um, a little bit better with COVID, and then I was like, okay, this might work out. And then, and then, like it, it just went downhill from there. Every everything went remote, and I was like, I was I was pretty I was pretty sad because I was looking I was looking to go to kind of an internship that was like well established, like um, American Express or you know they call it Amex, um, and something like the Washington Post was a very small internship. It was a great great experience, and DC was very cool. Um, but I was I was looking for a, a bigger internship group um, there in that sense. Um, but that eventually went online, and then a few weeks before we were supposed to start, they actually announced, "Hey, um, instead of ten weeks, this is actually going to be drawn down to six weeks." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's that kind of sucks." But also in that email, they said we're getting paid for ten weeks, so that was you know <laughs> great free. I get a free four weeks worth of pay, um, which is pretty nice of them, honestly. Like props to American Express. So, um, they they they're really nice about that. Could have easily you know um, made some excuse about the uh, market, and I'm I'm sure they took a hit too. Um, uh, and then I I, you know, I had a month open there before my internship was going to start, so I had a uh, contact at an organization called CodePath, who they help kind of um, students. They have programs at universities where they help students. Um, get into mobile development and I think they've expanded out to like interview prep and web development um, if I'm correct there um, but I was like hey um, I see that you have a position open for kind of a um, I think it was not a tutor it was like a an um, Android development um, assistant for or TA they call it a teaching assistant for Facebook University which is um, kind of a partnership they have with uh, between Facebook and CodePath where they helped students um, kind of like it's kind of like um, a starting program for Facebook for them to funnel these students into their you know headline software engineering um, internships so um, kind of these first year students um, I think it's also diversity focused as well um, they can come in and they learn about mobile development work on mobile development projects between Android and iOS and they also have TAs that help these students as well. So I applied for that job um, and um, worked on that for the weeks before the uh, Amex internship and then transitioned to Amex that summer. And then this past summer, um, I uh, worked for Google remotely as well. Yeah, and then so from there, I'm guessing, right, you got the return offer and so now you're going full-time with them. Yes, yeah, I got the return offer. My team was originally based in Boston 
um, but I wanted to be in New York, so um, I'm still going to be under uh, GCP, but in New York instead. Gotcha. Well, that's that's pretty crazy, right? So, you, so when COVID hit, you essentially worked two jobs back to back, and if I remember correctly, at some point you were working both at the same time. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at some point, I was working both of them at the same time, um, but you know, uh, I, if if I were if I were to uh, say that. Um, the overlap was like, you know, at the beginning of the Amex internship was kind of like onboarding stuff. You, you watch some videos and stuff. So, yes, at some point I was working um, two full time jobs at the at the same at a, during the same weeks. Um, yeah. And then, how did your. Yeah. Yeah. How did your uh, work at Amex kind of differ from your work at Google? Like what you work on at both companies? Sure. So um, my Amex internship was very i'd say like every internship is, is kind of like learning oriented but um since it was such a, a strange um set of a strange environment for them you know working everyone just like recently went remote right they didn't really know what to i, I thought i was going to get there they're going to be like oh we don't really know what to do with the internship but surprisingly they were extremely or like they were very organized they knew they knew like all about how to send out these meetings had all of these speakers these very interesting speakers actually at one time they had the the ceo of amex they had an internship panel with it was just all the interns and the ceo um, they had a panel with him um, on a video call and we got to ask him questions and things like that a uh, very cool guy um, and uh, very personable so they had a, a lot of different things um, set up for us and uh, i think they really made the best out of it um, they're very caring about us and, and things like that um, but technically like um, um, kind of CS wise um, my team I worked on the uh, database um, engineering team and what I was working on um, you know I, I didn't really have database knowledge so I was like when I initially got the notification of that you know I, didn't, I was uh, you know I was willing to learn and stuff like that it wasn't really my passion um, but they said oh you know we, we want um, kind of a, a front end made an internal front end tool um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I was more interested in that, and it ended up being in React, which I never did work in before. Um, so I, I learned a bunch of um, React stuff, uh, built a dashboard for them, uh, kind of integrating some different database functions and triggers, um, and built that for them. And then for my Google internship, I was focused on more of. Uh, it was another internal tool, but. Um, it didn't have anything to do with uh, it didn't have anything to do with me building the front end per se. Um, it was a front end oriented like the the team itself was all about building tools um, for the front end, so um, internal testing tools and, and things like that. So um, my my project was centered around um, creating um, a tool to understand overall um, integration test coverage. Um, and what that really, uh, really involved was creating kind of a pipeline for understanding when an integration test is run, um, how many kind of points of coverage um, are, are, are we getting. Um, and I think it might be a, a, a little bit too detailed there when I, or it might be a little bit kind of not detailed enough in explaining that, but um, it was basically a way, a tool to explain are our integration tests covering what we need? 
Um, are they covering what the user touches on the GCP platform and things like that? So it was a really technically involved project. I learned a lot there and understanding all of the, the Google tools and things like that was really a different experience. Um, and I found that to be pretty cool as well. So, so you went to cool enough Washington. For me to return. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you went to the Washington Post. You, you didn't know Android and then you did Android there. And then you go to MX, you didn't know React, and then you do React there, right? And I'm going to assume at Google, maybe you knew what an integration test was, but I doubt you ever did anything where you built tools for coverage. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy. Like, I, I think there's this common myth in computer science or even software engineering where people think that you need to know, like, a language or something to get, like, a specific job. But clearly from your experience, like, you're going into these internships having your own experience that may not be directly related to what you actually end up doing at the job. And I just think that that's something really fascinating. And, you know, one, what would, what advice would you give to people to sort of feel okay with like jumping into the unknown, right? Like I'm sure you had to be at least a little worried when they're like, Oh, you're going to do react or, Oh, we're actually going to have you doing pure Android. Like what advice would you give to people? Yeah. I think that's the major thing that people don't realize is that, all, all of your coworkers are kind of on the, the same page. They they understand that, oh, you know, we've, we, they've all had interns come in before you. Um, and they understand that the expectation there is, you know, you're going to be working on a learning-oriented project. And it's going to be an experience that hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's, it's, it's a difficult one for you, you know. Um, hopefully... Um, you know, technically difficult because that's that's what makes you learn, right? If I were to go into these in the, my original internship and did exactly what I wanted, I think you know I would I would have come out not as strong as I did otherwise, right? If I and I, I don't think that's how I thought originally, right? I, I came into my I, when I first got the uh, Washington Post internship, I was like, oh, I hope I do Flutter, and then I I, I find out I'm on the uh, um, Android team, yeah, you know. I, you know uh, I, I wouldn't say I was sad, but maybe I was like, oh, I wish I, I did Flutter because that's what I'm good at, right? Um, but, you know, as as my internship have taught me, it's often times working on something that um, you're not good at or you've never done before is, is what makes you a better uh, software engineer. And, more, and I guess it makes you a better communicator too because it teaches you how to approach these engineers with your problems, uh, present your problems um, appropriately so that they understand and um yeah so so really understanding that um the the team that you're going to be working on um understands what you're going through too um is a big part of it and they don't have you know any any high expectations that you uh change the company and there there's there's very few uh arguably interns that create a project that you know completely changes or, or makes the uh, the company millions of dollars um, during their three months there. Um, that's, you know, some very high scale projects that um, engineers that have been working there for years do. Um, their goal is to eventually convert you into a full-time employee or, you know, make, have you, or give you a great experience that you go back and tell your other um, engineering friends to apply to and um, kind of, you know, build a reputation for being a nice company to work at. Um, that's kind of their goal there. And um, I would say, those are the things that you should be looking out for. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious. Do you think in these internships, the company makes more out of it with um, cheaper labor than hiring full-time employees and kind of tr testing it out, testing out a new engineer? 
Or do you think the intern makes more out of the opportunity in getting that job experience to maybe take somewhere else? Or in other words, are companies exploiting you? Right. <laughs> I think I think um, I think the statistics was like most uh, full time engineers who take a year to fully ramp up to um, their their workplace or, or to their team and what they're working on. Um, and the interesting thing about these interns, right, is all of these students are going in and they have, I, I think, a, a much bigger um I could say drive or, or have a lot more energy because they've never seen um, or been involved with such a, a you know corporate environment before, um, and they're just now getting into this company that they've they've never worked for probably, and um, they're hoping to make a good impression, right? So that kind of fuel uh, that kind of like uh, fuels the fire under them to to make good work or to at least um, try to do it as best as they can, um, and. Um, a lot of these companies have this, this kind of mentality to, to make mistakes, especially for interns, and, and learn as soon as possible and then move on to the next thing. And um, as, I, as I've seen it for the past couple of years, I've seen all these intern presentations at the end and their work that they've done. And I, I'd say it's very impressive stuff, like me, me looking at or me like just knowing very basics of what they've been working on for the summer and then seeing their final product. Um, I think it's very impressive, and um, the companies are always getting new perspectives from these interns, especially since they hire them um, in mass over the summer, and they're working for all different teams. I think um, I, I think that they're getting a lot um, from them, idea-wise. I don't obviously. I think they're they're probably working at a, a loss for for uh, these internship programs and all that they provide for them. Um, uh, Hiring uh, three years of experience software engineer um, would probably be much more productive. Um, maybe, maybe, probably right off the bat, right? And um, but I think the ideas that they get from them, the feedback that they get to improve their program, and I think because the market is so hot right now for um, these computer science internships, building up their the company's reputation and kind of their brand and image is very valuable to them. And potentially the possibility of being able to convert one of these interns that have been working for them for three months on a team that they're now, you know, fairly comfortable with and get along with their um, teammates is very valuable for them. If they have a good, you know, conversion percentage, um, that's how they know that they're doing a good job. And, you know, I would argue to say in that case, it's very well worth it for them um, to invest in these internship programs, because at the end of the day, that's kind of what they're they're looking for they're looking for full-time engineers that are already you know um, acquainted with the team and the work that they're doing and kind of their culture um, and what they're looking for there yeah so, so yeah basically I think it comes down to it's a mutually beneficial relationship um, obviously you get the experience and then potentially they get an experienced worker which is awesome yeah. yeah, I think all these internships are very impressive, but I know also every CS major's dream is kind of Google or Fang companies in general. I'm sure everyone's very curious on how you made that jump from um, Amex um, to a Fang company like Google and also um, how that process was getting a full-time job at Google as well. Sure. Um, so my kind of, you know, introduction to Google started my... Um, Let's see, sophomore year, 
Um, so during my sophomore year, I applied for a kind of step program, or I applied for both the step and suite. And um, to my and and this was for a summer um, twenty twenty internship, um, right? So the same summer that I worked at Amex. Um, so that summer was was one of the places I applied to Amex and Google at the were one of the one of the companies that I applied to, um, and um, I eventually got picked up by a recruiter. Um, and at the time, my resume had you know the Washington Post on it, the uh, bus app that I built, um, and then um, at the time, I also had on my resume um, mechanical engineering um, because I hadn't figured out what I was doing yet. Um, so you know, a little bit of forces working against each other on the resume, but I, I did supplement that on the resume. I had a section uh, for specifically which CS courses I was taking. I've already taken or, you know, would have taken at the time of the internship. Um, you know, so I had the the core ones like uh, data structures and algorithms and things like that just listed out there. Um, and hopefully, you know, that would um, help with the keywords that they would look for. You know, that's what I thought in my mind. Um, and who knows? Uh, there's no way for me to tell if it actually did or not. Um, but I applied to the SWE program and the step one, and I eventually got picked up by a recruiter um, specifically for the SWE program. And um, I scheduled an interview. I got the interview scheduled after the initial phone screen, which went well. well they were very nice. Uh, so I got the first interview scheduled. Um, that went um, very well, actually. Um, did a, a similar question to it before. Um, and then the second one, I never seen the question. I did okay. I didn't feel like, you know, as great as the first one. So I was, I was kind of, you know, in between whether or not um, I... I would get it. I didn't know what the bar was. Um, and then I got an email back saying, oh, you know, we need a third data point. Um, you know, you didn't, you did good on the first two, but we just want a third one to make sure. So um, at this point, I, I'd done the research and, and understood what was going on. So basically the way Google does it is they have your two interviews. Um, and, you know, if you perform above a certain bar, they give you the internship. Um, if you're way below that bar, um, they'll you know reject you, but if you're like just in a certain limit, they'll go ahead and say we need uh, a third interview to to really know. Uh, so then the third interview came along. The guy was super nice. Um, I just couldn't understand what the 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 question was asking. I was going all around, but it was a it was a it was a very simple um, it was a very simple question he was asking once he so he, uh, told me what it was about. Um, and at that point, I basically knew that um, I wasn't going to get the internship. And I got the email a few um, days later that or I got the phone call. Actually, Google is very interesting there. They, they call you up um, that I, I did not get it for that summer. Um, interestingly, my third interviewer, very cool guy. He also built a bus app for his university. So um, I got to talk to him about that after I, you know, knowingly failed the interview. So that was interesting. Um, but then um I got rejected that year. I replied the next year. Um, they didn't make you do the, um, I forgot to mention, they do like a, a screening, um, a quick coding test um, on their platform that they built out. Um, so I got to skip that on the second round. And then I went straight to the two interviews, um, really studied up for that. Um, and then I, um, I did um, pretty good. I, I felt pretty good on the first one. And then I did a fair well on the second one, second one as well. Um, and then um, a few weeks later, I got the call that I got it. So, yeah.
That's, uh, that was kind of my journey. Yeah, I've heard these technical interviews with Google and other fan companies are I mean, pretty difficult. Um, what helped you kind of get prepared for that? I know as someone who doesn't have a CS background, you probably have to have to spend a lot of time like learning like data structures or at least practicing these interview questions on your own. So what was that process like for you? Yeah, so I'm lucky enough, I will say, to have a uh, brother who's also involved in um, computer science. So um, he helped me practice some computer science questions that he thought would be applicable. Um, and then I also um, I also ventured out and I got the, um, I believe it's called Our Algo Expert um, by Clement, his, his company there. Uh, I went ahead and tried that. Um, I'm not really one for, for lead code or, or grinding out random problems and things like that. I think the, the best kind of method is is to pick out uh, one or two questions in each category, so say, you know, binary trees or um, or searches and things like that. Pick out, you know, one or two questions that are very generalized. Um, and then once you really understand the generalized concepts, I feel better about applying it to, you know, a specific problem that they give into in an interview. So I, I use kind of the Algor Expert platform uh, to star pretty much just two of these uh, questions in each category. So I think there was a total of probably like 12 or 15 questions total that I, I would just study up on. So I just studied up on those questions again and again. I would always look back on those. Um, and then I would just do practice interviews. Um, I would use one resource called PRAMP, uh, dot com. Uh, stands for practice makes perfect. Um, and that resource is pretty interesting. It pairs you up with another random student that wants to uh, practice their um, interviewing. And then you switch off being the interview and the interviewee. Um, so yeah, those were kind of the three main resources that I, I looked towards. Um, and then also every now and then um, cracking the coding interview, uh, since that's kind of a, a pillar of the interviewing um, process everyone talks about. Yeah, I think yeah, also... I think there's a common... Go ahead, Anish. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a common misconception that um, in order to get these like FANG internships, um, you have to do like hundreds of lead code problems. Um, but if I heard that right, you said it's like 12, tw you did like 12 questions and then just kept practicing the same ones over and over and reviewing them before your interviews. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it comes down, everyone's, everyone's different, right? Um, some people like, you know, they do one, 200, one to 200 different Lico problems and, and they really got like everything down. They, they understand everything. And for them, they find that, you know, a lot of pop people find it interesting they find it fun. Um, and I, I think there is an element of both, you know, finding what works for you. And I, I think too, when it comes down to the interview, there's, there's some luck involved. Um, if you just ended up doing a similar question and, um, it reads the same. You kind of know what what kind of data structure you're gonna have to be using for it, um, and you kind of work from there. So, um, there's a little bit of luck involved for sure. I don't think you know anyone can be 100% prepared or, um, you know, have done every single question that they get in any interview that they do. Um, I, I feel like it's a it's a bit nonsensical to to think that you can do any like practice any question that you're gonna get beforehand. Um, it's all about really like in my mind, it's getting the core concepts down, getting all of the you know data structures and algorithm concepts down, and then applying it to a real world question. And usually in an interview, you either get a generalized question, 
Um, that's pretty much just saying, oh, you know, do a, um, a depth first search. Um, or, you know, it's like a, a question that reads like a story that, you know, says um, Timmy's looking to do X, Y, and Z, um, blah, 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 create a, an algorithm that will do that. And then it's like you got to, it's, it's a little bit more work in that sense and you got to really apply it. I think that's my, that might be where um, the leak code questions kind of shine because leak code questions are oftentimes kind of story based too. Um, so um, if you're, if you're needing kind of a, a creativity boost in that sense and want to, want to understand how to parse through these uh, story-based interview questions and, and pick out which data structure to use, um, then, you know, maybe that'll work a little bit better for you. Yeah. And there's one other resource I, I think you forgot to mention is that you have awesome roommates, um, who encourage you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. Yeah, don't, don't for forget sure. about for us. Sure, don't yeah. forget about us. We were n your number one supporters, Jonathan. Come on. Yeah. Speaking of awesome roommates, who's your favorite roommate? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with our fourth roommate. Wow. Um, because... Wow. Okay. <laughs> for some background, only... who is our fourth roommate? <laughs> so our fourth roommate is a great guy. He's a uh, a freshman that he got a random roommate, and we are so lucky because he also is interested in the field of computer design. So we're trying to, you know, raise him up to be a, a great computer science major. Is it working for us? Arguably no, but you know, we'll have to visit him in the coming years to see how he's doing. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely be on this podcast maybe two or three, four years down the line. But hey, we're running <laughs> up on time. Um so Jonathan, real quick, there were two more questions I wanted to ask you because obviously Google is a top tech company out there. You're going to New York, which is a high cost of living place. I'm sure people are very curious if you're willing to share what your salary would look like uh, for your first year and then years afterwards. Yeah, so the total comp for New York um, is going to be right around 210, um, with the base being around 142K. Um, and um, that's, that's kind of standard among... So since I converted from intern to... Um, full-time SWE. It's still the same if you were, you know, just applying straight up to Google right now as an incoming SWE, um, as a new grad SWE. Um, and um, for that, again, I'm going to be working on, as a software engineer on the GCP platform. Um, and um, for upcoming years, it's really based on kind of your performance. There's no kind of set... Um, um, Every year there is kind of a performance bonus um, and raise, but there's no set time where you go up to the next uh, level from like L3 to L4. That's kind of like a discussion you have between your managers for when you get promoted in that sense. Um, but there are yearly bonuses as well. Um, yeah, so yeah. And, and just to reiterate that, that's $210,000 total composition. Um, we can do another episode on really how tech salaries break down, but that's that's really insane congratulations obviously right you got rejected from cs twice but you still managed <laughs> within four years to make it there um and then the yeah, yeah. cs Absolutely. reject to over 200k yeah yeah that's a that's a crazy story Absolutely. right there um so maybe that yeah, could be super, the title of the podcast <laughs> absolutely yeah super super lucky to be here super fortunate i know um not everyone gets the opportunity and it's it's a lot about connections and and talking to people in that sense speaking um, of which so yeah connections um again obviously we can't fit everything about your experience within this short podcast which is still not even that short so if anyone wanted to connect with you you know outside of this maybe follow up with you ask you some questions or anything or just keep up with you know what you're doing and where you're at in your life 
uh, what, what sort of socials, where can they find you? Yeah, I think definitely connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, leave a little message in the box there saying uh, you listen to the Hyde podcast. That'd be cool. Um, if you want to visit my website, I go to csreject.com. That's uh, <laughs> C-S-R-E-J-E-C-T. This is real, by com. the way. Yeah, it's real, yeah. Um, uh, or you can go to jonathanzatune.com. That also works. Um, and then um, other than that, um, you can, uh, you know, follow me on Instagram too. I don't, I don't post too much there, but it'd be cool to connect with some people. Jonathan underscore is a tune. Um, and yeah, other than that, I really appreciate the time. Um, and yeah, great to be the first guest on uh, Hi. Yeah, this has been wonderful, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. We'd love to have Thanks, you again, Tom. maybe after a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, we'll be for we'll sure. be keeping up for sure. I'll I'll see you right outside your room in like ten seconds. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds anyway. good, guys. All right, All right. everyone, take care.